the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So let me ask you, how is your reflection? Are you bearing a resemblance to your Savior? Let's talk about that next. pretty common, actually, to look upon a child and go, oh, you'd look just like your mother or you look just like your father. So here's the question. As the world looks on to us, do they say the same of us? You look just like your Savior. You look just like your God. Are we light bearers? That's the question we're asking today on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Welcome to our program. We're in Philippians chapter 2, focusing in specifically on verse 12. It's there that we catch up with Napoleon for today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing from the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Join us. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Then the next verse, he goes down and he says it, for it is God who works in you both to will. Then God begins to get in your mind and in your heart, in your emotions, in your thoughts, in your dreams. And he begins to say, it would be nice if you did this, wouldn't it? Don't you think you want to do that? Don't you think you want to love that person? That's a good idea, isn't it? He gets us to a place where our will begins to line up with his will. Oh, that would be nice. I feel like, you know, back in the day, I would have just, just went off on my coworker. But something in me just wants to love him and say, Lord, I love you. But sometimes we've got to realize that's not just you. It's God who's creating the willingness. And then people say we're strange and crazy. And you used to be mean like a viper snake. Now you're nice. And how did that happen? Well, something happened because God is creating a will, a willingness in me. Man, I, don't, I, wouldn't, normally, I wouldn't normally do nothing. Before I got saved, I'm going to get in the church no money. You're crazy. Get in the church money? <laughs> the devil is a lie. I say the devil is a lie, and I wouldn't even go into church. I say the devil is a lie. But, you, but, but then all of a sudden, God touches your heart. <laughs> Y'all can laugh. But then God starts to change your heart. Man, brothers come up to me, give me hugs and stuff. Like, brother, you better get off me, brother. Partner, what you talking about? Hugging on me, talking about you love me, brother. I don't even know you. I'm just coming to raise worship God. And brothers all hugging up on you and stuff. I'm not used to that. But then all of a sudden, something in you. Man, I really love Ty Moore. Every time I see him, I just want to give him a hug. And love Jarrell. Man, when he sees me, I see him out in the parking lot. Something, there's a willingness that takes place in you. Why? Because it's God. And he says to will, and now watch this, and to what? So he doesn't just leave you with a willingness to do something. He also provides the ability and the power and the strength you need to do it. A lot of people have a willingness to do something. But God says that He gives us the willingness both to, he says, he gives us, 
He works in us both to will and to do, he says, for his good pleasure. And at the end of the day, it all blesses him. It puts a smile on his face. It causes him to be pleased. And for us, we have to see God is partnering with us in these things, whether it's wanting more love, compassion. God, give me, give me a heart to will and to do for your good pleasure, no matter what it is, because you're working with me and in me and through me to accomplish your task. And as we do this, God is blessed and he has no problem. This is an invitation. He's saying this is what God will do for us if we're willing to come into agreement with him to do it. Some of us in this room, we struggle because we think that our Christianity is just about what we're doing or what we can do or can't do. This is not about what you can or can't do. It's about what God wants to do through you. That's Christianity. What can God do through me? He's going to create the will so that I can do what he asked me to do. And it's going to bring pleasure to him for his good pleasure. And stop thinking that you got to do it all by yourself. It's God. He's creating the will. And gives you the power to do. And we have to embrace this no matter what it is in our lives. That's authentic Christianity. You can stay away from things. You can do certain things. You can. I've learned to, to stop putting limits. People, people say this. Take the limits off. But a lot of times we're talking about something that we think God, you know, blow me up. I want to become popular. I want to do this. I want to do that. Instead of saying, God, take the limits off. I want to love like I've never done before. I want to have joy like I never had before. Take the limits off. I want to have peace like I never had before. Take the limits off. I want to have God moving in my life like I've never had before. Take those limits off. A lot of times the limitation is what we've in our mind convinced ourselves is the length in which God can go in our lives. In some cases we watch other people and we say, well, wow, they've been in the church for a long time and, and they haven't changed. Well, maybe it's not possible for me. I'm saying that's a lie. God will work in you. To both will and to do for his good pleasure. Amen? Amen. And then he says this. He says, do all things without complaining. He says, and disputing. And I think this is another thing that happens within a, with, with us. And we have to understand this is dynamic when we're walking with God. And without question, when God took the children of Israel out of Egyptian captivity, they went into going into their promised land. There was a period of time where they had to go through the process. But in that process... God's major beef with them was their complaining and murmuring. Isn't that what the Bible says? They were complaining in their tents. And and, and what happens sometimes is you as a Christian, when the honeymoon is all over, and God says, I got to teach you how to really be a Christian. And sometimes we have to go through peaks and valleys in life. We have to go through our dealings with God because God is processing us, teaching us how to be utterly and completely dependent upon him. There's going to be moments in our lives where we feel like complaining. Lord, I've been saved for seven years, 10 years, for 40 years. And it seemed like my blessings done dried up. But this person just got saved. And you blessed them with a new car. And why is they they getting blessed? I'm thoroughly convinced that God just sits back and he just watches our responses to things to determine the extent in which he's going to open his hand. You know, I will say this to you, and I believe that there's some biblical truth to what I'm going to say. 
The Bible says, let your request be be known unto God. I believe that there's a place for us going to God, airing out, letting God know how we feel, things of that nature, or something is hurtful, or, man, this delay, Lord. But there should always be a but. Lord, I'm not happy about this, man. What's going on, Lord? Oh, Lord, this not looking good. I'm not happy, Lord. But I thank you, God, because I know you're going to come through in your time and in your season. And I know that when you get ready, you're going to open a door that no man can shut, that the devil is a lie. He's trying to get me to turn my back on you, on your people, and everybody else. But God, I thank you for what you're going to do anyhow. Am I mad? Am I sad? Am I glad? Am I bad? All at the same time? Yes. But Lord, you are still good. You're still great. You're still awesome. I still bless you. I just thank you, God. People can say what they want, but God, you're still awesome in my life. And I just, can I have an amen? You got to put a butt right there. But this is what happens with people. They complain. And they dispute. And they don't know how to just say, God, I thank you. And what God sits back and he's just looking for our response. Always. Never leave your conversation with God or your conversation with people about God without a but. Because God, anything you're going through, it doesn't surprise God. It didn't trip him. He doesn't have to work out a plan. He's not trying to think of how he's going to figure out what you're going through or your problems or your issues. He's not trying to think about it. He knew about it before you knew about it. He was just waiting for you to get to where it's at so he can handle it when he gets ready to. Can I have an amen up in here? Woo, don't get me started up in here because that's God. I've been walking with God now almost 20 years. I mean, at the end of the day, I know that God has come through. He's been faithful, but we can't be complaining in our tents and then expect God to provide us. what. We've got to learn to walk with God. We've got to learn to walk with God. And then he goes down. He says, do all things without complaining or disputing. He says, that... You may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. And so he ties complaining and disputing. He ties this to um, a, a hindrance to becoming the lights that God wants us to really become. He says, don't do this that you may become this. Don't do this. That you may become this. And he says this. That you may become blameless and harmless. He says children of God without fault in the midst of, and he says this, of a crooked. The word crooked there means wicked. Wicked, twisted. A crooked, he says, and perverse generation. Perverted generation. He says, among whom you shine as lights in the world. And so I love how he ties this. Us working out our soul salvation. God willing and doing within our lives through his power and his strength. He's he's working this out in our lives. We don't complain. We don't dispute. We don't do these things. And then at the end of the day, we begin to shine as lights in the midst of people. It's so common now for people just to complain about everything. Think about it. Complaining is just commonplace now. I mean, I don't like this, and I don't like that, and 
And then we'll throw the, well, it's just my opinion card. How you like this? And I don't like that. And I don't like this television show. Or, I don't like this. Thing. And you see that, that's terrible. And you, do, you get around and it's amazing how many people have views about different things and they just complain about every little thing. At the end of the day, sometimes it's just a lack of appreciation for what God is doing in your life. And I refuse as a pastor and then as a, the leader of this church to, to uh, allow this to become a, the culture. Because it shouldn't be the culture of the church. God has been good to every single one of us. It may not all be perfect, but, 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 but God is still good. And He's still working in your life. And so what happens is, it's crookedness. Is perversion, but God wants us to stand out as lights in the midst of the world. And our light is that we don't, we don't behave like that. Why? Because God has given us a greater standard. He says here in verse 16, he says, Among whom as you sign as lights in the world, he says, holding fast the word of life. And so it ties back to also, if we're going to become lights, we have to also couple this with holding fast to the word of life. The word of God. We have to hold on to the Word of God. We have to make sure that we're being consistent with the Word of God and asking God through His Word to give us insight into where we're at and then also to where we're going. And we have to hold on to it. You know, He would never tell us to hold fast to the Word of life if there's a possibility we can let things slip out of our hands. For some people, I'm telling you this, some people will believe what they're saying on the news than rather believe the word of God. Or their favorite, you know, television host. I'm not going to say any names. Well, she said, or he said, we'll believe, you know, these psychics on, on, on these shows and stuff. And instead of believing what the word of God said. We had to hold on to what the word of God says. I was sharing this the other day when we were in a Wednesday night Bible study. You know, everybody was... You, 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 and I don't want to step on anybody's toes here, but you know, s- some folks in this room, you probably bought some Y2K packs. I mean, you had water, you had a tackle box, you had a fishing rod, you had a flashlight, you had a, you had a sun-powered flashlight. I mean, they said the sky was falling. All the computers going to shut down. Everybody's stuff's going, we're going to be flying, the plane's going to be flying in each other. Armageddon! Now, I'm not going to ask y'all to raise your hands. But saints, listen. If we would have just taken and opened our Bibles and believed the report of the Lord, we would have looked at this stuff like, man, this is crazy. People trying to make money off the stuff. You know, the Bible says Jesus is not returning until there's a great falling away and then there, there's going to be the Antichrist is revealed. And I mean, what happens is we should always be prepared. But what I'm saying is, is some of this stuff, we've got to get into our Bibles and read. I mean, this guy the other day, over, right over there in Oakland, was saying the, the world's going to fall apart on October 29th or whatever it was last year. The end of the world. And people are sending the guy money. Billboards and... And I'm sitting back, I'm saying, what is wrong? Lord, what is wrong with your people? And the Lord says, what is wrong with your people? You're supposed to be getting them ready. You're not getting them ready. You know how Moses had to talk with God. <laughs> Isn't that funny how Moses had to talk with God? And God, he said, Lord, your people. He said, no, your people. <laughs> so, sometimes, I'm telling y'all, that's sometimes how I feel. 
Minister Carlene would just talk to me over there. That's just sometimes that's how I feel. You know, well, these are the Lord's people. But what happens is, saints, we got to hold fast to the word of life because we're called to shine as lights in the midst of the world of perversion and quickness. He says, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Now, this is when it gets heavy. Now, Apostle Paul, as he's preparing these people to be light, he realizes that his success is tied to what you become. Holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. That all the work that I put in, he realized that he did not have true success until these people made it to Christ. Or else his running was in vain and his labor was in vain for them. Some point in time, you know, all of us, and it's just not for me, but also for you. If you're a person who is pouring into people, just like people are pouring into you, if you're pouring into people, your heart should be, man, I want to see these people make it to him. That they make it all the way. That they do make it all the way to Christ. That they're saved, but they're being saved. They will be saved. That they make it through the process. That they finish what they started. So that my labor for this person, it wasn't in vain. That the work that I put in. Because it wasn't just getting them to play the prayer on the altar. It was to see somebody make it all the way. If you have the possibility to disciple them. And and that's the heart that we should have when we're sharing our faith with people. And and I know one plants and one waters and God gives the increase. But Apostle Paul directly, he clearly understood that his success was directly tied to these people actually making it to Christ. And that's how we have to see it when we're ministering to people. Now there's sometimes you cannot do anything about it. You share your faith, you move on. But then there's some people that we, we know we've brought to church and we know we've led to Christ and we know we've been around them and we know what they're going through and we know that they're backslidden and we know that they need to come back to Christ. And we, can I have an amen? And something in us has to say, man, I don't want the fruit of my labor to go in vain. I need to call this guy again and see where he's at. And we'd be surprised how people will call us and say, man, I'm so glad you called me. I was backslidden, man. I need to come back to Christ. I need God. I need God. So Apostle Paul realized this, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. And look at this, saints. Yes, and if I'm being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith. Somebody say your faith. He says of your faith. He says I am glad And rejoice with you all. As he was preparing these people to be a light, he realized that his life actually was being poured out as a drink offering. Upon the service and sacrifice for for their faith. So that they can mature. Saints, never forget that you pouring your life or being a blessing to someone else. And even as a pastor of this church. That... It is a, it's the service of sacrifice to help somebody else. And at some point in time, we've got to realize that your life is a drink offering. You're being poured out to be a blessing to somebody else. Does that, to serve them so that they can mature and grow. And this is something that is not always easy. I'm not saying it's something that is, uh, you know, 
you know, I, I'll say this. Being a pastor of a church is not for the faint of heart. That's why we see how many, so many pastors shutting the doors. They quit. It's not easy. So everybody thinks it's easy. Everybody thinks, oh, pastor's up there. He looks like he's having so much fun. My feet hurt right now. <laughs> my back hurts. My mouth is dry. No, I'll be all right. I got one minute left, and I'm going to let you all out of here. <laughs> what I'm saying is it's not easy. And then you got to deal with people and mess and, and stuff. And somebody said this, and people lying, and people's doing this. And, uh, uh, uh. But when you're called, everything you need to get the job done, I'm not complaining. And you've never seen me get up in and complain. I preach three different messages on Sunday sometimes. But the bottom line is, saints, it's a, you're pouring your life out. And you have to see it as such. Even as you're sharing your faith in discipling people and being a blessing to people that God has drawn to you that have gotten saved through your ministry and how he's working in your life. He says, for the same reason you also be glad. He says, and rejoice with me. You know, as you stand as a light in the midst of gross darkness and perversion, Saints, never forget that you're a work in progress. God's not concerned about that. What he's concerned is, is that you stay in the process with him. You allow God to rip things out and to implant things in you. You allow God to take you through the process and you agree with him to allow him to do the work in you and to create the will that you need to get whatever assignment God is trying to get done in your life. I'm telling you, it's not always going to be easy. But I am saying it is always worth it. And as we go through the process with God, realize that he's taking you through the process. And it's not just for you to blow up. It's for you to be a light. In the midst of whatever perversion and crookedness that we're involved in. That at the end of the day, I'm just a light here. In some cases, Pastor Kaufman, I may be just be a little flicker right now because God is dealing with me. Stay on the potter's wheel with God. And if he begins to peel things back and, and make you what he wants you to make you, you'll shine brightly in the midst of all the darkness that you're around. But saints, you got to work it out. You got to work it out. And let God continue to create the will and the power to do according to his good pleasure. Father, I thank you today. And I praise you that in this church, that God, you're raising up people who are unashamed of the gospel. And you're processing them to be a light in the midst of gross darkness. God, as we're all going through this process. We know that we're saved. You're working on us. And you will come back to complete the transaction in our lives in terms of coming to get your purchased possession, your bride. And Father, as we're going through this process, we give you praise that, Lord, you begin to work in us both to will and to do for your good pleasure. Lord, we're not, you're not asking us to do something in our own strength. God, you give us the willingness to do it, and you give us the ability to do it. And so, Lord, as we're working out our soul salvation with spirit and troubling, Allow us to be lights in the midst of gross darkness. In every situation, I pray that you would shine the light through these disciples and cause people to knock on their door, to come by their cubicle, to meet them on the BART, and to say, you are different. 
What is it in your life? And God, we can tell them about you and your process in us. God, we just give you praise for the opportunity to be lights. Even as you are the light of the world, you made us lights through and in you. Use us now. Create in us. And Lord, forgive us for complaining and disputing. God, forgive us. We choose to add any kind of discussion or dialogue with you or about you, about situations in our lives. We choose to put a but there because you're faithful to us and you're good. We thank you for today and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us. Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there, as well as our online store. And you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. I would invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on His truths during this time and remembering that God is in control and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless.